0: Have you found Mark's gospel chapter 2 yet? I like the gospel of Mark, and uh, it's the shortest of the gospels, 16 chapters, but it is power-packed. You use the word, or he used the word immediately or straightway a number of times. It is a very moving gospel, and in chapter 2, it says in verse 1, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, And it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed where the sick of the palsy lay. Notice this little phrase. When Jesus saw faith he said unto the sick of the palsy son thy sins be forgiven thee but there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts why did this man thus speak blasphemies who can forgive sins but God only and immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves he said unto them why reason ye these things in your hearts Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it. On this fashion. Now this story is found in two other gospels, and one of them ended up with, we have seen strange things today, no pun intended. We have seen strange things here. They said we never saw it on this passion. But I saw that little phrase, and, and I noticed it before, but in verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith. Did you ever think, how do you see faith? Let's talk about this. May it please the great God of heaven that formed all things to stamp his divine approval upon the reading, hearing, heeding, and preaching of his forever settled in heaven word of God. And may I give you three quick facts about the Lord. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Would you pray with me? Lord, may our faith be seen. And thank you, dear Lord, that thou art the author of faith. And we can... Increase our faith so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God And so as we hear the Word of God here today increase our faith as well in Jesus name Amen The Bible says again That means he has been there before he entered at Capernaum, but in verse 21 of chapter 1 he had been in Capernaum and uh, So things begun to happen early in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and people started getting help people started getting healed And having their lives transformed and chapter one is just one of those power packed chapters and it ends up in chapter one he's been sometime in the deserts and uh, sometimes he told people don't tell people about this because it will curtail my ministry I'm wanting to go here and preach and if all they come for is to be healed I want to give them more than physical healing I want to give them spiritual healing And so he was there, but he goes again into Capernaum. And when he was there, the Bible says that there were many that had come to where he was. And uh, he was in the house because it was noised. I just like that expression. It was noised that he was in the house. There's a passage in Mark 7 that he had gone into a house, but he could not be hid. And, uh, you know, Jesus being around is like having the measles. How are you going to hide the measles? They'll just pop out on you. And uh, So Jesus had gone into this house and it was noise. They started making noise Jesus is here You can imagine how that it spread so quickly. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here and people started coming and They came because Jesus presence was in the house now He was in the house and uh, he wants to come Jesus makes house calls He's a physician that makes house calls and uh, you know, Some guy wrote a poem years ago, if Jesus came to your house to spend a day or two, if he came unexpectedly, I wonder what you'd do. And then he goes on and and ends up with, I wonder what you'd do if Jesus came to spend some time with you. And Jesus wants to be in our houses, and he ought to be in our houses. And uh, it's not a Christian home just because two Christians live there. It's a Christian home if Christ is acknowledged and has preeminent there. And then... Jesus not only wants to be and should be present in our houses, but he wants to be and should be present in our churches. Now that sounds a little unusual. He wants to be in churches. Well, isn't he in all churches? What do you think? Well, I'll give you a Bible reason or Bible example that he's not in all churches. You've ever heard of the church of Laodicea? Revelation 2 and 3 mention seven churches. And the last one mentioned is the church of Laodicea. And the Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. Jesus was not in that church, he was trying to get in. Can you imagine a knock at the door here and uh, we find out that it's Jesus? You remember when Peter got out of jail, went and knocked on the door, and um, Rhoda said, It's Peter. <laughs> they didn't believe it. And uh, finally, someone said, Well, go open the door and look. And it was Peter. He was trying to. It was easier for him to get out of jail than it was to get in the prayer meeting. (laughs) And here Jesus is wanting to get in the church of Laodicea. But then maybe more important than that is Jesus in your heart. He wants to be in our hearts. And so Jesus is there with his presence. Now, if you're going to have a kind of service that you never saw it on that fashion, or we have seen strange things today, or how to have an unusual service, then you must have his presence. Not just present, not just prominent, but preeminent. And uh, Jesus is there. And then they had something else that made this very unusual. He preached the word unto them. Now remember, there were many people there. And he preached the word. Jesus was a preacher. What a preacher. Wouldn't you have loved to have heard Jesus preach? Jesus was the most practical of preachers. He preached the word, and some of the things that he preached became the word. He could see a man sowing seed, and it become part of the Bible. He could see all kinds of things that were just ordinary things. You know, the, the Bible says that when Jacob was running for his life because uh, he had stolen the blessing, and Esau wanted to kill him, and uh, Mama had this plan, let's send him off. Maybe he could find a wife, and, and his brother won't kill him. And so when Jacob went to a certain place, and he stopped there, and it looked like just a place. It had some rocks around, and he used one of those rocks for a pillow. And, uh, and then he had a dream, and when he woke up, he said, Surely the Lord was in this place, and I knew it not. How can the Lord be in a place, and we not know it? I'll tell you how can, that can happen. We think that God is in the unordinary or the miraculous or the extreme big or whatever. And we miss him because he likes to do things in an ordinary way with ordinary people. Do you know what was the difference between the bush that Moses saw burning that did not consume and that bush over there? God was in that bush. The Lord made the difference. When God gets in something, God is in this book. That's what makes it a holy book. You know, when God gets into something, it becomes otherworldly, as it were. And we sometimes miss God's presence because we think, well, that wasn't too big. That was just so ordinary. You remember when Jesus told the story, you visited me when I was sick. You visited me when I was in the hospital. You fed me. You did this and this. They said, Lord, when did we do that? He said, I say to you because you did it to one of the least of my brethren. You did it to me. And he said some others, you didn't do this to the... They said, well, when did we see you and we didn't do that? He said, because you didn't do it to one of the least of my brethren. If you want to do something for God, do something for people. Especially God's people. You know, Paul said, I beseech you in Christ's stead. As if Christ were here. And here is the Lord Jesus. He is preaching... The Word, and many times the thing that he preached became the Word, but he was a a preacher of the Word. The Word of God is like a hammer that that breaks the rock in pieces. It's like a fire that consumes. It's like a mirror that reveals. It's like a lamp that lightens. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. There's something about the preaching. We must have preaching. And uh, preaching comes in all sizes and shapes. Uh, There are preachers that maybe you have your favorite style of preaching. You know, some people, I heard just recently that a guy was going to preach, and sometimes he raised his voice. And some said, I don't want to hear him preach. It gets too loud. And there are other people who, if they're not loud, some people don't think they're preaching. There are some people who think if you go to church and the preacher doesn't step on your toes, not literally, but, you know, it's preaching to you, getting on your sin, that it wasn't preaching at all. And some others, they get mad when people step on their toes. Preachers can't win. If he's good, they don't like him. If he's bad, they don't like him. But it's not that you're preaching for men. If he preaches the preaching that God did, that's what Jonah was told, go preach the preaching that I bid thee. And if you preach the preaching that I bid thee, now I think a man should work on on his style. I think he should work on his Annunciation of words and syntax and all those kinds of things, but uh, it's like, I think it was Moody who was preaching one time and a lady came up afterwards and she said, Mr. Moody, you made five grammatical mistakes in your sermon tonight. And he said, really? He said, "Uh, sister, what did I preach on tonight? She said, I have no idea. He said, well, lady, if I hadn't made those five grammatical mistakes, you wouldn't have got anything out of that sermon tonight. (laughs) But the emphasis on the preaching is not the style. And uh, Now, you want the preacher to be right. Uh, There's an interesting passage in Haggai where the messenger of the Lord had the message of the Lord in him. It's like the messenger of the Lord became one with the message. And you want your life to be such that it would magnify the message. You wouldn't want your life to be such with, I I wouldn't believe the thing that man said. So, uh, but you preach the word. That's that's the care. That's the key in preaching. You preach the word, and then the Bible says that there was people. You got to have people. Now, how many people were there? Well, I don't know, but I do have a word that qualifies it: many. How many think many is? You think many is one? Is many two? Is many three? You know, you have that little saying about three is a crowd, but it's not many. Uh, no, they couldn't even get in this place because it was noise and that Jesus was there and uh, some people would try to get in, they just couldn't get in because there were many people that were there. Now, why did they come? There are different kinds of people there. One is there were hungry people there, hungry to hear what Jesus had to say. They were hungry to hear the word of God as he preached it. You know, people are starved for the for the word of God. Maybe not in America, but in other parts of the world. Would you walk all day and half the night to go to a church service? You say, no, no. If I can't drive, I'm not going. But there are people who live in areas where they don't even have cars, maybe never seen a car. And they would walk miles to go to hear preaching. How many of you remember the restaurant Po Folks? You ever eat it, Po folks? It was country cooking place. There used to be one in Fort Myers, and uh, my family and I would go there and eat sometime. But in the menu, they'd have little sayings. And one of the sayings in the poll folks' menu was, if and you ain't hungry, nothing we got will taste good. <laughs> I thought, that's true. If and you ain't hungry, nothing we got'll taste good. You know, if you come here to uh, the house of God and, and you feel like you're already filled up, and Pastor Bill gets up and preaches his heart out, you say, Man, it didn't do anything for me. But if you come here and you're hungry and uh, you're going through a rough time and uh, your whole world's about to fall apart and you need some help from God, you'll come and you'll want to zoom in on every word and tone in, tune in and hope he has uh, a word from God. It's like Jehoshaphat said, is there a word from the Lord? And uh, you want a word from the Lord. There are people that are hungry. People. I hope when you go to the house of God, you're hungry to hear God's word. And then uh, there are hurting people. It's this man who's palsied. Now, from what I understand, uh, that he's palsied. The Bible doesn't tell us how he got this way. Was he born this way? Did he have an accident? Did something happen? Was it because of this or that? He just was palsied and because he has to be carried. I'm assuming we're talking about a guy who is paralyzed. Uh, You and I know people who are paralyzed, say, from the waist down. And if it were not for their upper body with using their arms, and maybe they have those crutches that are like, Around your wrist, and you can move and so forth. I was down in Indian Gardens in the Grand Canyon. That's halfway down the Bright Angel Trail. And there was a guy down there who had those kind of crutches. His legs were in braces, they didn't move independent of each other. He, he'd move his sticks and then he'd move. I'm thinking, my goodness, this guy can't even walk, and he's halfway down the Grand Canyon. Now he's going to get out. And, uh, you know, that guy was a brave soul to be sure. But there are there are people who are just hurting and this guy was hurting and uh, churches are full of hurting people. One man said, if I had my ministry to do over again, I would major on helping hurting people. I know people walk in the door and they got a smile on their face and you say, how you doing? Great, couldn't be better. And the truth is, truth is they're thinking, please be patient with me. Please be kind to me. I'm so fragile right now. My world's about to fall apart. I had a preacher friend who was in a Shoney's in western eastern part of Tennessee, and he was with a couple preachers. Another preacher walked in, and uh, my preacher friend said, Hey, how you doing? He said, Great. Never been better. He said, That's wonderful. God bless you. A year later, they were back in that same area, and he bumped into the guy, and he said to my preacher friend, he said, Do you remember when we saw each other last year, and you asked me how I was doing, and I said, I'm doing great. Never been better. He said, I remember that. He said, The truth is, it was the worst day of my life. He said, my son had just been sent in prison, and I was so hurting. And I'm thinking, why didn't he just say, dear brother, if you can get a hold of God at all, would you just mention my name? Would you just pray for me? Wouldn't it have been better to say, even if he would have said, I'm hurting? A brother in Christ would have probably put his arm around his shoulder and said, dear brother, let's pray right now and ask God to help you. But he said, nope, never been better. So he went a whole year without that guy praying for him. Uh, There are people who are just hurting. There'll be probably people here in this room right now hurting. And then the other parts of the ministry here. And then when we go into the auditorium in just a few moments, and uh, the word of God will be preached. Uh, Some form of the word of God. Like when Jesus said the man went out to sow he just flung his seed out. And uh, it'll probably touch some hurting person's heart. And they need to hear something from God today. We think God doesn't care for us. He does care for us. Matter of fact, he said, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Nobody cares for us like he cares for us. And he wants us to give him that burden, to cast that care upon him. There are hurting people. And so this was one of those people that was hurting. And then there are helpful people. Now, this is where I started out with when Jesus saw their faith. There are helpful people. Sometime in that meeting, there was four guys who obviously knew who Jesus was. And they obviously knew where Jesus was. He was in that house. And they knew somebody, a friend, who needed Jesus. And they decided that they would make an attempt to get that man to Jesus. And they succeeded in getting that man to Jesus. When they got there, they couldn't get in. There were no entrances, no way. It would have been so easy for them to say, well, we tried, sorry buddy. But they got creative. Matter of fact, if they would have done here at gospel what they did back then, they might have had a lawsuit on their hands. <laughs> Let's go up and tear the roof up. Uh, obviously a different kind of roof, and they opened it up. Can you imagine all this commotion up there and start, stuff, debris starts falling down and people looking up, and, there, and this hole gets bigger and bigger, and they let this guy down right in the midst of that crowd right in front of Jesus. And the Bible says, and when Jesus saw their faith. What does faith look like? What color is it? What shape is it? What size is it? Now this is very important because James said, you show me your faith by your works. And I'll show you, uh, by, uh, uh, by your you show me your faith by your works, and I'll show you my faith without my works. vice versa. I'll show you my faith by my works. They, and you and I, can show our faith by what we do. But what we do proves that we believe what we say we believe. And uh, some people say, well, you know, I have faith, and I need a job, and God's going to give me one. Well, are you going to go look for one? No, God's going to give me one. Well, you'd be better off to say, I don't have a job. I need one. God's going to give me one. I'm going to go out and knock on some doors, see if I can find one. Now that would be faith. And so these guys showed their faith by doing what they did, going up on the roof with this guy, opening it up, and letting him down in front of everybody. Uh, There's an interesting passage in the book of Acts chapter 11. God was doing some things in Antioch, and uh, they sent over there a man by the name of Barnabas. And Barnabas, when he showed up, the Bible says, and when he saw the grace of God. How do you see the grace of God? How do you see faith? He saw what was going on. He saw that God was doing something. Lives were being transformed. Lives were being changed. People were being saved. Things were getting right. And that was the grace of God working. And when Barnabas came he saw that grace and when these guys go up on the roof and Open it up and let the guy go down Jesus saw their faith It didn't say that he saw that man's faith He saw their faith they had faith to Bring him to Jesus, you know you show your faith when you pass out a gospel tract, When you witness to someone Now there are people who have little faith But it's some faith, and then there are some people who have much faith, there's a couple people in the Bible that Jesus said, whoa, look at this faith. He marveled at their faith. Wasn't many like that. One of the centurions said, no, you don't have to come to my house, just say the word, my servant will be healed. And Jesus marveled at that. And you and I, like the centurion, we don't have his presence right with us, but we do have his word. And if we act upon that, Jesus saw their faith. And uh, when he saw their faith, the Lord said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And you talk about opening a can of worms. First of all, we thought the guy needed healing. And Jesus said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And they gasped. Which would bring us to the fourth kind of crowd that was there. There were the hypercritical crowd. You know, uh, there always be somebody who are there to nitpick. To find fault. Nothing's ever right. Nothing ever pleases them. I came across a, a thought that I thought, that is so powerful. And that thought is this. Men rarely see things as they are but rather as they are and you have to think about that men rarely see things as they are but rather as they are I illustrate like this Pastor Bill gets up preaches God blesses it's great service altars filled lives are helped people go out the door and a guy walks out and shakes pastor Bill's hand and said that was so one I am so glad I was here today that was wonderful. God used you today. And about three people behind him walks down and said, if I couldn't preach any better than that, I wouldn't even get up and try. Now, same sermon, same preacher, two different responses. One of those guys, I'd say, probably was filled with the Spirit of God. The other one didn't know what Spirit of God probably was. <laughs> because men rarely see things as they are, but rather as they are. If, uh, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, you're going to see things a lot different than a guy sitting there who's not filled with the Spirit of God or maybe not even saved. So they don't see things as they are, but rather as they are. And so when Jesus said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee, he opened a can of worms in that crowd. Some of that hypercritical crowd said, he blasphemes. Now, to blaspheme, It could, blasphemy could be one of three things. One, you deny God one of his attributes, attributes. For example, you say, well, he's not holy. He doesn't know everything. That that would be blasphemous because he is holy. You would not deny him an attribute. Or you would attribute to God that which is absurd or against his nature, and uh, that would be blasphemous. Or you could take unto yourself or give that to some other person Something that belongs only to God and that's the one they're accusing him of because they're thinking He's blaspheming because only God can forgive sins Their major premise is only God can forgive sins their minor premise is This man seems to forgive sins and the conclusion was this man being a man he blasphemes so they thought Jesus was blaspheming because He was taking the prerogative that he could forgive sins. No can Jesus forgive sins? Sure he can. Now, then Jesus said, let me ask you a question. Which is easier to say? And you can answer this question, even nothing else in your own heart. Which is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or arise, take up thy bed, and walk? How many of you vote for number one is the easiest to say? Yeah. Uh, if you think number two is easiest, what if some guy was in here and he was paralyzed, and I said, hey, fella, arise, take up thy bed and walk. I said, arise, take up thy bed and walk. And if he doesn't do that, we're thinking, I didn't have something. But if I said, thy sins be forgiven thee, how do you know? Uh, The last person who had their sins forgiven at the altar at Gospel Baptist Church, did anybody see their sins go out the door? And that's what forgiveness means to send away. Did anybody see him go away? So he said, so you will know that I have the power to forgive sins. Arise, take up thy bed and walk. And the guy got up and took that thing that he came in on, stuck it under his arm and walked out of that place. Now we believe he may have power to forgive sins too. If he can do that. And so when Jesus said that, he silenced the hypocritical, he met, he saw those men's faith and honored it, and he gave this man what he really needed. And then he had his sins pardoned, and they gave praise to God. And they said, we never saw it in this fashion. And when Jesus is around, and it's in the building, you'll never see it on that fashion like that. Would that we could say that every time we went to the house of God. Would that we could say that in a few minutes over in the other service. We never saw it on that fashion. Wouldn't it be wonderful if somebody came that everybody knew you've been praying for this guy or this woman to be saved and and, uh, they hadn't got saved, but all of a sudden today they got saved. You'd say, man, I was glad I was there. I was glad I got to see that. So, and when Jesus saw their faith, let's, let's go show our faith. And you show it by what you do. Let's pray together. Dear Father, thank you for the word of God that is quick and powerful, sharper than... If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website